Welcome to Boss of My Money podcast, your number one choice for bite-sized lessons on how to take care of your coins and achieve financial success. I am your host, Esther Bangura, the founder and budgeting expert at Boss of My Money. So whether it's improving your money habits, developing a wealthy mindset, becoming debt-free, saving money, or learning how to invest, girl, say no more because you are in the right place. And if you want to get clear about where you stand financially, why not get your hands on one of my amazing freebies, my five-step guide to organizing your finances at bossofmymoney.co.uk. Hiya, welcome to Boss of My Money. This is episode number six. In today's episode, I'll be sharing who you should and shouldn't be taking money advice from. So when it comes to being careful with taking advice from people, money is one of them. Have you ever been given bad money advice or have you given bad money advice to someone? So what do we mean by bad money advice you might be asking? Well, I would say bad money advice is when you're given advice that is not beneficial to you and that puts you in a financial pitfall. So I'll give you some examples of common bad money advice that people generally complain about receiving. The first one is being told to get a credit card when you start university. And at this point, you know, you don't have a regular income. You don't know how to budget or look after your money, but yet you're being told to take on debt and to manage a credit card. And this is the thing. Credit is not the end all. And in addition to that, being told to use a credit card to build credit, you can still buy a house with no credit and even with bad credit, and you can still rent a property with no credit. I was one of those people that for a very long time believed that, you know, I had to build my credit and the only way to build it seemed like taking on more debt. So the second common bad money advice is being told to buy now and pay later. This is like financial suicide because paying later always means paying more most of the time. If you have to pay for anything later, then that's usually a sign that you can't afford it. So instead of saving or delaying that purchase, a lot of people will commit to the expense and end up paying 10 times more. Another example of being told um, or being given bad money advice is being told to only pay the minimum on your credit cards or your debt. This is another financial downfall because if you are only paying the minimum on your debts and on your credit, then that means that you are not only being penalized for not being able to pay it off you know, every month, but you are also going to be paying way more than the original price because what happens is that you are going to be paying interest on top of the balance that you already owe. So if you calculate that over a long period of time, you usually end up paying three, four, or even 10 times more than the value of the product that you originally purchased. And in saying that, I have a few examples of my own bad money advice that I was given and that I also gave myself. So the first one is, and this is a bad money advice that I gave myself. Um, it was the buy now, pay later for my car. So I decided to buy a car 
I think about five years ago, um, it was sort of close to the time to our 10th wedding anniversary. And at that time I got a promotion at work and I was like feeling myself because I was earning more money. And instead of saving it, I decided that, well, we decided together as a couple that it was time that we treated ourselves. Um, and we got ourselves a Ford Cougar car which cost us 27,000. Now it wasn't a brand new car. It was a used car. The value of the car was about 20,000, but because we took it on credit, we had to pay an additional 7,000 over a period of five years. So in total, we paid 27,000 for the car. Now, Our car payment, including insurance, including road tax and car servicing and petrol, I would say it was coming up easily to about £700 a month. And this is something that hurts me so bad when I talk about it because there was a point where what we were paying in car expense was higher than our rent. Can you believe it? And so when my eyes finally opened um, about my financial situation and I realized that I wasn't doing myself any favors. My car was one of the things that I just despised, just the way that I made the decision to have a car. Um, I think it was a bad decision. I think I could have bought a car that didn't cost as much. And I think instead of taking a five-year plan, I could have easily paid off that car in three years and would have paid less. Um, So that's one of my sort of bad money advice that I gave myself. I would say that the second bad money advice that I have received um, was being told not to join my finances with my husband and to keep everything separate. Now, I'm saying that this was bad advice for me. It might not be a bad advice for you, but it was bad advice for me because my husband and I, although we've not been good with money, we've always been open and transparent and we've always operated, you know, in our marriage in a way that what's his is mine and what's mine is his. Like everything goes in the same pot. And so for me, that wasn't really good advice because I had no reason, you know, for us to separate our finances. Um, the second or the third, sorry, the third bad money advice that I was given was not to pay off my debts. And this was actually an advice given to me by a family member. And I am so glad I didn't listen to them because now I am completely debt free. Um, I've always had debt or always had debt, but I never felt comfortable with having debt. You know, the only difference is that Although I wasn't comfortable with having debt, I never did anything about it. And I went on to add to my debt. And the day that I decided to do something about it, I very quickly got rid of my debt. And so the only debt that I am about to have now is going to be my mortgage. And even with that, like I don't intend to um, have my mortgage for long. I know that there are theories out there about, you know, don't pay off your mortgage early. And that makes sense. If you're in the property business, there's no rush to want to be mortgage free. But if you want to own your home that you live in, um, then you want to pay that off as quickly as possible. And there are ways to do that. And so I know that I've gone on a lot about all the bad money advice. Um, so I kind of want to turn it around and share with you some good money advice that I have been given. 
So one of the good money advice that I've received is to pay off my debts. Um, And I'm so glad that when I started my personal finance journey in 2017, which was basically me committing to myself that I was going to improve my money habits, I was going to get out of debt and start saving and start budgeting and start being a responsible adult with my finances. And so the best advice was to get rid of my debt very quickly. And one of the people that influenced me greatly um, is Dave Ramsey. You know, he is like so against debt. And that really helped me because I could see the logic in it. um, And I could see how it made sense for me to free up money that I was tied in to debt and free it up so that I can save and start investing. The second good money advice that I have received um, was to wait to buy my home until when I felt that I was financially responsible. Now, I live in a council flat. Um, I was given this flat when I um, came out of care. So I um, left home early um, due to a breakdown in relationship with um, family members and I was homeless for a few years and then I ended up in care when I was 16 and a half and I was in care until I was 18 years old to which I was then housed in this one bedroom flat that I live in now and so when I was given the flat you know, I got into a lot of problems with um, not paying my rent on time. And I almost got evicted from this flat three times. So I remember speaking to someone and I was like, I can't believe I've been in this house for so long and everybody's buying their houses, all my friends are buying and I'm still renting in this council flat when I could buy. Um, And I'm in a good standing position because of the discount that's made available. And they just looked at me and they were like, Esther, how are you with money? And I said, I'm terrible with money. Um, I have debt and I don't know how to save. And they advised me to really wait until I was ready before taking on that huge responsibility of being a homeowner. And they explained to me that it's a different ball game when you're you know, when you have a mortgage and when you're running your own home, it's a complete different ball game. You have a new set of expenses that you now become responsible for. So I'm really glad that I am now, I'm happy to say, in the process of buying my council flat and I feel ready. I feel great. I feel a lot more responsible than I was before. I feel like I'm in that place where I could handle, you know, the responsibilities that come with being a homeowner. My husband and I are on the same page. I don't have debt and we have close to a three and a half month emergency fund. So yeah, I'm really happy with the position that I'm in now and that I feel ready and I feel great about buying my home and it doesn't feel like a burden, but it just feels like a blessing. And the final and third good money advice that I have been given is not to try to build my credit Okay, so it's not that I am anti-debt or anti-credit. Actually, that's a lie. I think I am, but only for myself. So obviously when it comes to me working with my one-to-one clients, I never impose my sort of personal um, values onto them, right? So some people are okay with debt. And so when I work with my one-to-one clients, I basically get them to see the pros and cons and I help them to be able to manage it, you know, in a good way. Um, 
and to be able to use it to their advantage. But when it comes to me, I think when I think about all the debt that I've con- I've consumed, it's all been bad debt. And so I know that me having debt is a sign of me spending money that I don't have on things that are wants and not and not needs. And so this idea of having good credit, um, I'm totally not for that because I believe that you, the only way for you to basically grow your credit is to spend a lot of money. Um, and usually it's on things that we don't need and to basically show that you can borrow money and pay it back. And so obviously we live in a world that is based on credit. It's based on cons- consumerism. Um, but ever since I, basically closed my credit card in 2018 after I decided that I didn't want to have a credit card. Um, I am not in a hurry to own a credit card. I literally want to go as long as I can. If I can live the rest of my life not having a credit card, I absolutely will because I believe in just saving for the things that you want to buy um, and paying for things that you have money for as opposed to buying things and then paying later. Um, I found that you know, like when you take on credit and say, for example, the car that I, I bought, you know, I'm, I'm saying to myself that, you know, in five years time, my situation is going to be the same when in actual fact, you know, people's circumstances changes in, in my lifetime. When I calculate, I think every three to four years, there's a change in my job, in my personal situation. And so to commit to an expense for five years, it's a very long time. We don't know what's going to happen next year? How do you know what will happen in five years time? And so um, I think, yeah, that's definitely one of the good advice that I've been given is not to try, you know, and use credit card to build credit. One of the things that I was afraid of was whether or not I would be accepted for a mortgage because I do have bad credit you know, just putting it out there. My credit as it stands is not great. I think my credit score is probably around um, the 450, which is not great at all because the highest is like, I think 99, depending on which credit bureau you are using to measure. Um, It's one of the things that I was very fearful of when I started the mortgage process, but I knew, and I did my research in fact. um, So I knew which channel I would be going down in order to buy my house. I knew that me getting a mortgage would be the traditional way of getting a mortgage, which is where your mortgage broker has to do a bit more work um, in terms of getting you the right lender and really scrutinizing your um your expenses. And I would definitely be sharing my um, mortgage process. So what it's been like for us buying our home, I'll definitely be sharing that in a separate podcast. So yeah, you know, I just wanted to share with you, obviously the three good money advice that I've been given because not all advice is bad advice is bad advice. So it's really good to acknowledge the good advice that we're given and also the good advice that we give ourselves. So why should you be careful of who you take money advice from? Well, it's because the advice and the actions that you take from a bad advice can derail your financial future. It's important to remember that whatever advice that you're given, that is going to impact your life. It's going to impact you and not necessarily the other person. You are the one that has to pay that money. You are the one that has to recover from that mistake. And on the flip side, you are the one that if you're given good advice and you take it, you're the one that will benefit from it. So it's important for you to empower yourself. Don't be lazy 
about your finances. Don't just rely on what other people tell you because they could tell you something that's good or they could tell you something that's bad. It's really important that you gain the knowledge, you gain the confidence for yourself to be able to weigh up the different money advice that you're given. Um, it's important to seek alternative perspective you know, ask to see proof, ask to see evidence and examples. When people say, oh, you know, I tried this investment thing and it really worked. Ask questions, ask to see more about it. How long has this investment been going on? You know, were they just one time lucky or is there a proven track record, you know, that over a period of time that this investment is actually um, a good investment? I want to... um, share with you. I actually want to give you three groups of people that you need to stay away from and not take money advice from, right? So the first is friends who are broke and have no financial goals. And I don't mean this in a bad way, okay? Um, But if you have friends who are not about their money life. They're just out there spending, you know, they just want to enjoy their life. They just want to work and buy what they want to buy. They're not interested in, you know, the fact that if they incur all this debt, that they'll have to pay it off again, or that they'll be paying thousands of pounds extra in paying the minimum payment for the rest of their life. They're not interested in saving money. They're not interested in building wealth early. You know, all they're interested in is spending and they have no financial goals, you should not be taking money advice from them. I think I don't need to convince you anymore with that. So be very careful, you know, um, who you're taking money advice from. If your friends have no financial goals, then that's a no-no. A second group of people is cousins or family members who love borrowing money from you. And if you're the one that's borrowing the money, you also need to stop, right? You know, that cousin, that friend. And I used to be that. I used to be that friend who would always borrow money. I used to always borrow money from one of my friends. I used to always borrow money from my sister. And, you know, yeah, my goodness, I wonder what they were thinking of me um, at the time. But you know how there's always that family member who is always borrowing money. Um, Stop taking advice from them because clearly if they have to keep coming to you for money, then they need to be taking their own advice. And third, don't take money advice from jealous friends and family. The truth is that not everybody is going to be happy for you. I'm happy with you on the things that you're achieving in your financial goals. And it's really sad because obviously you want to share how well you're doing. You want to share your progress with family and friends. But if you sense that they're not happy for you, or if you sense that they're jealous, then you want to absolutely stop sharing your goals with them. You want to be able to share your goals with friends and family members who are supportive, who motivate you in pursuing your goals and who hold you accountable. Those are the kind of people that you need to be sharing your money goals with. Okay, so who should you share or who should you take money advice from, right? So I've given you a list of who you shouldn't. So now let's move on to who you should take money advice from. So you should take money advice from supportive friends. As I mentioned, friends who hold you accountable, who say, no girl, you need to take that shoe back and return it because you know you can't afford it. 
friends that would encourage you to save for a holiday that you're planning together, friends that will, that won't let you pay every single time that you go out. You know, if you're the one that's always paying for things, then you might want to reconsider your circle of friends. Secondly, Take money advice from people who are where you want to be financially and who you admire. Be around people who are good with saving money. Be around people who are debt-free and who are mortgage-free. So I actually go out of my way to make friends with people who don't have a mortgage to pay anymore because I want to learn from them. I want to be that person. That's going to be my next goal once I buy my my house is to be mortgage-free as quickly as possible. And number three, take money advice from certified financial coaches, planners, and advisors. And I must say that I say this with caution because I don't believe that any financial expert should force you into doing something with your money. Um, you should make, you should be the one who has the final say as to what happens with your money. And you shouldn't be forced to do anything, whether it's investing or whatever it might be. Um, and also you shouldn't allow people to make decisions about your money on things that you yourself don't understand, right? So if you don't understand or you can't explain what your financial advisor is planning to do with your money, then that's a sign that maybe you shouldn't listen to them. And finally, take money advice from your partner if they are good with money. So I work with quite a few couples and I find that even when, you know, both couples are different and even though they might be in a financial difficulty, there is always usually one that's quite good with money and with a little bit of support from the other spouse, they can actually go on to make, you know, huge progress with their finances. So if you have a partner who is generally good with money, you know, they like to budget, they like to save, they're not really into debt, that sort of thing that they like investing, then you might want to listen to them ladies, husbands, you know, you might want to listen to them because you've got somebody right there that is already, you know, good, good with money. Um, I worked with a client the other day, a couple, and the husband was really good, you know, but he was quite chilled because his, his wife has like a strong personality and he kind of always just gave in. But I really encouraged him to, you know, bring more of that, of the money side of his personality into the relationship. And I asked the, the wife to just be more supportive that actually with him, they could actually do really well and they didn't really need me. I could just be there to help them to, you know, remain accountable to each other. And so in conclusion, I guess that the moral of the story is don't allow any and anyone to speak into your personal finance. I would also avoid having too many ears or too many mouth in your ears when it comes to your personal finance. I am one of these people that I don't have a lot of financial experts. Obviously, I love anything to do with personal finance and there are loads of financial experts out there, but I only follow a few. Like I don't listen to all of them all at the same same time. I have seasons and I know who who to listen to for investment tips. I know who to listen to for, you know, when it comes to my everyday financial uh, management. I know who to listen to for my business finance. So you don't want to have too many people in your ear when it comes to your um, personal finance. You want to keep the people that speak into your personal finance life to a minimum. And because of that, I'm very picky as well about what financial 
financial books that I read. You know, there's so many different financial theories out there. Even I have my own. Um, there are things that I agree with that Dave Dam, Dave Damsey, there are things that I agree with that Dave Ramsey, um, talks about and there are things that I don't, you know, so you pretty much have to take the things that you like and that suits your lifestyle and leave the things that you don't. And so I guess one of the things that I would love for you to take away from this episode is don't be afraid um, to think about things, you know, don't be afraid to think about purchases. Don't be afraid to say to people, you know, thanks for that advice. I'll get back to you or thanks for that advice. I'll think on it or thanks for that advice, but no, thank you. Don't be afraid to just, because otherwise sometimes if we don't let people know the types of advice that we do and don't appreciate, don't be surprised when they keep giving you the same. Um, don't be scared as well, you know, to sleep on things, you know, before you make purchases, before you make a big financial decision, there's no harm in taking an extra day to think about it. A lot of people rush into making purchases, into making financial decisions because they feel like they're going to miss out. And trust me, it's better to take your time to make a decision and make the right decision than to have to spend additional time and money, you know, trying to recover from it. And you already know, right, that the new customers always get the best deal. You know, I have been with Virgin Media for donkey years and every year I am that customer, yes, that calls them and says, you know, excuse me, I just saw an advert that you're offering exactly what I have now, but, you know, half price. Why is that new person getting a better deal than me who is a loyal customer? And because of that, I have, I think about 40 to 50 pound discount, you know, lifetime discount on my Virgin Media. And so I make sure that I get everything cheapest rate that they're offering because I have been a loyal customer. So remember that, you know, if you sleep on it, you, you're likely to get a better deal, you know, and if you sleep on it and you survive without having it, then it could be that you never even needed it in the first place. The action that I would like you to take away from um, this week's episode is I would like you to think about any bad money advice and any good money advice that you have been given. And I also want you to think about good and bad money advice that you have given yourself. And on top of that, think about good and bad money advice that you have given to other people, right? So you're kind of looking at it from a three, a three way fold advice that's given to you, advice that you give to other people and advice that you give yourself. And I believe by kind of having an overview of all three, it would really help you to kind of decide for yourself what type of advice that you're going to be receiving from people moving forward. And you will also appreciate the advice that you give to people. You know, maybe you're a person that's too quick to tell people what they should and shouldn't be doing with their finance. And maybe you need to take some of your own advice. So I want to thank you um, for tuning in. And I also want to say that... Um, I really appreciate all of my listeners, you know, on the podcast. I've received such great feedback from you guys. And I've also got some questions that I'm going to be answering next week that have come from the previous episodes that I've recorded. I want to thank you for being here and for listening to this podcast. There are tons of podcasts that you could be listening to. There are tons of financial experts that you could be listening to. And I hope that you're here listening to me because I am giving you 
good money advice that's helping you to move forward with your personal finance goals. Thank you again for listening to Boss of My Money podcast with Esther. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. And if you'd like me to answer any of your questions, you can include your name or it can be anonymous. Then do send your questions to esther at bossofmymoney.co.uk. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I would really appreciate it if you took time to also rate and review this podcast. Stop by at bossofmymoney.co.uk for more details on how you can get started on your financial success journey. See you again on the next episode.